What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Family Bundle Podcast. This is the podcast that's for all families, meaning if you're single, newly married, raising kids, or empty nesters, there is something for everyone as we look at the joys of families, but also some of the struggles. Your hosts for today are Michelle Thompson and I am Matt Garrison. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you stopped by. We have a special guest with us today at Bible Center Church. We know him as our children's pastor. Steve has the perfect blend of high energy and wisdom to be a great fit for leading our children and their families through the discipleship process. And since today's podcast topic is parenting, I'd add that he's also a husband and a dad. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been here at Bible Center Church for a little bit over four years now, and it's a privilege and honor for me to sit here with you all, as well as with your children each and every week. Elizabeth and I have been married for a little bit over 26 years. We have three children. Our oldest is 24 years old. Our next is 21. And then our youngest is 17 years old at South Charleston High School. Wow, that's great, man. So 26 years you've been married. You don't look a day over 53. That is so awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I love you. That. I'm just messing with you. You know that. So today's topic is going to be a fun one because there's such, I guess, so many high points and possibly some low points. There's twists and turns. I mean, life can get really crazy once these come along. And we're talking about the kiddos, right? But more specifically, we're going to talk about parenting. And I don't think I'm the only one here that wishes that as kids, as soon as they were born, right, they had this uh, manual attached to their ankles or something like that that was just essentially a step-by-step instructions on how to effectively parent that child. Am I the only one? Not just an umbilical cord. Right? Yeah, not just exactly. That's so true. I always like to say that God has a sense of humor because as soon as you figure out this parenting thing, God gives you another child with a completely different personality and yes. a different type of discipline that's necessary. Um, but there are some principles that are helpful overall. And so that's some of the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. So our hope on this episode is that you're going to learn some practical tools, some ideas, maybe even some what not to do, because I know I'm speaking for myself, but I think you all will join me that we are not the perfect parent or parents, right? That you Absolutely. know we're not the experts. Again, at least I'm not. And our desire is that this is going to be helpful to you as a parent, whether you're in a traditional two-parent household or a single parent. Uh, doesn't matter. We we want this to be helpful to you. So let's get into this. Stephen, Michelle, when it comes to, we'll start I guess with parenting styles, and there are many, and there's probably not a one size fits all here. But what are some of the categories that many of us may fall into? Yeah, so when I think about it, uh, you can Google search parenting styles and they come up with a couple different ones. But when I think about it, I imagine a piece of paper laying in front of me and on the top of that piece of paper has this big word called truth. On the right side of the paper, it says grace. On the top, it would be 100% truth. And then on the right, it'd be 100% grace. And on the bottom, it'd be zero truth. And then on the other side, it would say zero grace. And when I think about those four different styles, the first thing that I think about is with a parent that has zero grace and zero truth. I kind of think of the uninvolved parent. Okay. And then if we go to the top of that graph, we would say an authoritarian style. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the bottom right is there's all this grace, but no truth being spoken to. So now I kind of label that parent as a permissive parent. And then we go to the top and we think about 100% truth and 100% grace where Jesus tells us that he came in John chapter 1 verse 14 full of grace and full of truth Mm -hmm. and that's the parent that parents just like Jesus and each one of those parenting styles has a different thought like one of them the uninvolved parent the one on the bottom left kind of says don't bother me Mm. right and they're Mm -hmm. completely the child has no boundaries they have no grace and we often find that child like isolating themselves 
And we go back to that authoritarian parent that says, it's all grace, all rules, and it's because I said so. Then we go to that bottom right part again, and it says, the permissive parents, hey, let's just be friends. Do whatever feels good, and we're glad for you, right? Mm -hmm. Where Jesus says, hey, what's going on in your life? What's happening? And let's have a conversation about that. And we find that often with his disciples, don't we? He's Mm -hmm. sitting around Mm -hmm. talking to his disciples, sharing with them, coaching them, helping them kind of like get involved in life and be part of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So as a question, like, so we've all heard that adage, you know, um, do as I say, not as I do or something like that. Where would, I guess, where would that fit? Would that fit in any of four of these? Yeah, I would say it's, it could be that permissive parent, could be the authoritarian parent, right? Like he just has these rules. You just do what I say all the time. And then that parent then is living in that permissive lifestyle. Like, hey, I do whatever I want to do, but I expect you to live this certain way um, in life, which is very challenging for a a child because then they get these conflicting messages and all they live inside these boundaries and they're never allowed to make a mistake. But then they're sitting there watching their authority figure. It's like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Why can't I be like you and have this grace allowed to make mistakes? Sure, sure. That's really important for kids to know they're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think that's really fascinating to listen to that and to think about some of us were parented in a way that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And we have to pivot and work very hard to parent with that balance, as you said, of grace and truth. That's a really yeah. good thing to think about. Yeah, so, I often, yeah, go oops, no, go no, go yeah, I often think too, our personalities dictate this. Like mm-hmm. if we are a perfectionist, right? Where we're we gonna gravitate to towards, we're gonna get right up towards that authoritarian style. But if we're kind of like a happy go lucky or we don't want to be involved with people or we're even like um avoid high, conflict. Yeah, we avoid <laughs> yeah. Definitely avoid conflict. Yeah, that would be one one of these other two, right? We especially that permissive parent. Yeah. Or if we're, we're afraid to be engaged and we're afraid of what our parent, child's going to say, we're going to shun away from being like Jesus to where we're going to want to ask questions. We don't want to know what's going on in their life because of whatever else it is. Sure. So I've heard some things like this in the past too. Like um, some people say that if we're not intentional about our parenting, like uh, that we want to improve and get better because I, I think there's not a parent on the planet that would say, I am the perfect parent, right? But there's always room to improve. That if, we, if we're not intentional behind that, then we will parent the way that we were parented. Yeah. I mean, have you heard that? Is that? Would you agree? Is that true? Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. Good yeah, in the psychology world, they call that the shadow in the nursery, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like we bring that in with our newborn without even thinking about it. It's just the way we were parented. And so the word intentional that you're using there is so important. We've mm. got to think and be intentional with the way that we parent our kids. Yeah, and I often think that's where if we don't saturate ourselves with the Bible and wisdom from other people, we either parent with two unhealthy styles. If our parents were unhealthy with our mom and our dad, mm-hmm. um, or if we didn't have a mom and dad, we could have even had two moms from a one mom from one marriage and another mom from another. And we've got this whole divorce situation right. going on. We've got these four different ways of parenting, <clears throat> and we approach it in such an unhealthy way. But if our parents were saturated with the gospel, if we're saturated with the gospel, we're just sitting down and saying, hey, how did Jesus approach moments like this? It's such a great way to help our kids begin to mm. process life in a very healthy, well-mannered, encouraging approach. Sure, sure absolutely. 
So, I mean, that's really good stuff here. I mean, it kind of helps us the basis for the rest of, of this episode because now that we're talking or have talked a little bit about parenting styles, you know, we want to chat about creating boundaries for our kids. I think, um, you know, whether they will admit it or not, some do, but I think most kids enjoy structure. They want some boundaries. And so um, it may not be wise for us to let our kids do whatever they want, whenever they want, kind of like the permissive style you, you mentioned there. But in your experience, how have you personally, or maybe how you've, have you seen other parents like create healthy boundaries for their kids? Maybe it comes to these issues that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But the first one, uh, let's talk about screen time or electronics. I think that's a big one in our culture today. Like how do we create boundaries for our kids when it comes to the phone, iPads, whatever? Yeah, I know some parents, if you have an Apple phone as well as I know the Android phones, they have the same type of thing. I know better on the Apple phones or iPads, you can actually set limits by hours of how long they're going to stay on an app or even on the whole device. Um, I know some parents have asked, say, hey, you can play this many video games or this many hours of video games. If you take time to read, you pick up your room or you do whatever else it is. Also, I think sometimes we just need to set it in a location in our home where it's away from us, off our bodies, out of our sight, uh, so that we can just have interaction, communication time. And be we have a charging station at our home, and so in the evenings, everything gets plugged in at the charging station, so it's not going into the kids' bedrooms. I do have a funny story, though, about the video games yeah. and boundaries for our kids. We've got, my husband and I, Richard, have older kids, and then we've got some younger kids, and um, our older boys are built similarly, so they're over six feet tall, thin build, and they were very athletic in high school, but if I let them, they would sit there and play video games all day long. So they had to run a mile to earn an hour. And one day I met a, a elderly woman up the street. She was actually having an estate sale and I was walking the dog and I stopped to talk to her. And she's like, oh, you're the one that has the boy training for a marathon. She didn't realize I had three sons. Awesome. And they were, every hour they got on the video games, they had to run a mile. But that was something that helped them. They were in high school mm. then, getting in shape for soccer and stuff. But yeah, that's a we've set limits on things like that. But that's a funny family story. Yeah, I've heard of parents that actually have a drawer in their kitchen. There's nothing else in it but through the back the chargers come in and the phones get plugged in and it gets shut till certain times of the day and then they can open up and pull them out and yeah. look at them and use them. Wow, that's, that's nice. Out of yeah. sight, out of mind. Yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Michelle, that is a genius idea, by the way. I'm going to start implementing <laughs> that with my kids. Go run a mile and you get you yes. know, a minute of screen time. I'm just kidding, <laughs> right? Um, so I, actually, too, uh, while we're on this topic, I think we, we kind of inadvertently brought it up, too, but maybe as parents... We, maybe we need to set boundaries for ourselves when it comes to our phones. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's a lot of times I catch myself. Uh, I'm looking at my phone. I come in and I'm you know, whatever it is, you know, scrolling through social media, checking email, whatever, and I realize I really haven't chatted much with my kids today. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I came in, hey, how are you? The, that that kind of stuff. At least a little check in, and oh, it was good. Day was fine. All right, but I'm not digging deeper at times, you know. But I'm all scrolling through just reading things that really have nothing to do with my family, right? And so what? how can we as parents kind of, I guess, encourage ourselves to kind of set boundaries for ourselves when it comes to screen time, yeah. electronics? I think that too comes down to being intentional and realizing that it's a problem. Uh, my daughter, she's the youngest of all of them and a lot younger than some of the older kids. And she one day, this has probably been two years ago, grabbed my chin and like turned my face toward her and I realized I need to put my phone down and I was I was looking at emails it wasn't like you know TikTok or anything not that that's bad but Mm -hmm. I realized I need to prioritize when I'm home 
I need to put the phone down. Yeah. And I'm not always perfect at it either, but I have gotten better at it. But it takes intentionality. Yep. Yeah, I, I also think what's really important in our lives mm-hmm. and sitting back, which is intentionality, but asking the question is, you know, is the emails really important? But then secondly, moving away from that, the social media, how is that really helping us function in life well? Do I really need to see someone else's photos or video or GIF of whatever else it is or am I just amusing myself to death? Right. right. Will this yeah, matter sure. in five years? Yeah. That's right. one of the questions I ask myself. Right. And so spending time with our kids, playing a board game, doing mm-hmm. a jigsaw puzzle. My younger kids had never done a jigsaw puzzle until about a month ago. And we sat down and it was the 350 piece, so it didn't take very long. But we had so much fun. I was like, oh, you know, good. we used to yeah. do things like this, mm-hmm. and it's almost a lost art. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So do memes get a pass, or are they kind <laughs> oh, yeah, of lumped exactly. in? There? I mean, memes are oh, okay, yes. right? Searching <laughs> memes, I mean, they're, that's Especially worth it, right? Especially those good ones, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's jump in. I mean, maybe we can lump some of these together, but um, I think it's still kind of we're talking about creating boundaries here. But how do we create boundaries when it comes to, like, sports, extracurricular activities, even friends? Yeah, when it comes to the family dynamic, you know, because I think just as we can easily get bogged down with a screen time, we're all in the same room, but we're not really spending time together. I think also, I mean, these are good things here. Like, so we're talking sports and maybe recitals or whatever when it comes to extracurricular activities and even friends that, you know, all in healthy moderation, these things are very good. Yeah. But sometimes maybe we trade them at the expense of the family. You know, we're just so involved, overcommitted, whatever you want to say here. So... What are some tips for us that we can even create some healthy boundaries when it comes to this? I think that the big question is you got to ask yourself, as a family, what do we want, like Michelle said, five years, 10 years, or let's imagine for a minute it's 2050, 30 years from today, 31 years, or 30 years, so it'll be 2051. Yeah. The prediction right now is that 42 million children will walk, Christian children, will walk out of the church doors and never return. 42 million. But if we as a family, each family, and as a collective unit, Bible Center Church or churches Mm -hmm. in general, the Mm -hmm. big C church, if we begin to take a step back and say, hey, what do we want to see in 2050? If we want to close that back door and see none of those 42 million walk out the back door, but we want to see all the 42 million invite a whole group of new friends to be part of this church with us, What does that look like? What will it take? The studies that have been done is that if you spend four times a week or more in five minutes of Bible reading with your children, it actually closes that back door. So all it has to take is four times or more a week that you're spending some time in a Bible conversation, reading a Bible passage that closes that and will kind of eliminate that whole 42 million walking out the back door. Wow, yeah. that's an amazing statistic because that sounds so doable mm. as a parent. I think yeah. sometimes we get intimidated by the long-range discipleship. It sounds overwhelming, yeah. but just... Worship service! Right? Yeah, just teaching our kids the daily stuff, you know, yeah. how to wash your hair, how mm-hmm. to read your Bible, yeah. how to pray. Mm-hmm. That's a four times five minutes four times five minutes so doable oh for sure because you think about the routines that we're our our families usually have in the morning right Mm -hmm. so they wake up they're you know i don't know about you guys but i have to struggle at times to be a morning person right and uh, our youngest is definitely not a morning person so i'm not going to wake him up and hey here's you know let's talk about god today or this kind of thing like as they wake up but you know these things again like sports extra activities those are good things but usually have to go somewhere 
Right. You have to travel somewhere. So yes. as you're going, in the, like, car. In the yes. car. So what do you guys think about this? Or mm-hmm. I just read this today in my quiet time or my uh, devotional time. Or this is what I read in the Bible. And, and what do you guys think about this? You know, I mean, yeah. things that it's not where we can take advantage of the time that we have doing the things that we're currently doing and not have to stress out about, you know what, I got to set another time aside. Maybe it's right after dinner or whatever and plan all of this thing out. And, you know, we're just still talking to each other as we get into the, you know, as we just come home and, mm-hmm. you know, try, hey, how was your day? Okay, well, we got to run here. You know, it's like as you're going right. and doing the, that normal routine, whatever it may be for, you, be for you, that you can bring this into the conversation. Yeah. Right? And I think so often we go back to those four parenting styles. The authoritarian parent is so fear-driven. And what happened? Why do we have our kids in all of these sports and from gymnastics to soccer to whatever else it is, all year long, basketball, something. What happens is we're afraid that they're not going to experience something in our life, which when we step back, we say, why do I have all of this social media on my phone, on my Mm -hmm. iPad or wherever else it is? Because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something in life. And so now what's happened to us in life is all of this good stuff, sports to media to whatever else it is, is driving fear of missing out when God says, mm. hey, you won't miss anything if you're spending time with me. I provide all of your needs because I have the greatest riches. Yeah, yeah. The, the FOMO, fear of missing out. Yes. Yeah. So that's a real yeah. thing, uh, especially as we get older, middle school, high school, for yes. sure, all the yes. social media and you know all of the unhealthy habits that we're finding that's going on there for sure. So let's transition to like when it comes to coping with stress when it comes to our kids and, and as parents because you know sometimes kids can be kids and as they're just doing their thing it can be a little stressful you know maybe like uh, spilled milk you know while you're on a conference call at home or you know maybe you've seen some of the uh, little videos uh, back when the pandemic was at its height you know and there's like professional business people or calls or talking to a news organization on video and the kid comes yeah. waltzing in, you know, maybe a little bit stressed there. Maybe the kids continue to fight after multiple redirections, mm. you know, and as a parent, we hit our limit. What do we do, you know, when, when we do that? Don't follow my example. <laughs> so, uh, so just being totally transparent here, because yeah, yes. um, I'm always honest with you, but I'm, and uh, so maybe sometimes too honest, but really it's too transparent. But I'll be transparent with everybody out there. I blew it last night with my daughter. We've been studying for her driver's test, and uh, she took it again. We won't say how many times she's taken it because I don't want to insult her or who she is. But so she was struggling, and I'm sitting next to her listening to the questions, and she was like, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. And I was like, ah. So I'm listening to her, and she goes, oh, no, I can get one more question wrong and I'm done. And I knew what that meant. I mean, all of a sudden she's like, that panic sets in, anxiety, yes. right? Yes. And I was a bad dad, honestly, just straight up bad dad. She, She's like, oh, I got it wrong. And oh, insensitive, rude, terrible guy, just telling you straight out so you're ready for this. I said, okay, well, the next one you're going to have to pay for because I'm not paying for any more driver's tests. <laughs> Let's just say that didn't go over so well. <laughs> Especially right in that moment, probably, I would say it probably wasn't exceptionally well received. Let's just say terrible. <laughs> Basement level. <laughs> but who has not had a moment like that as a parent? And that's kind of, I think, what you were getting at, Matt, is mm-hmm. just giving ourselves some grace mm-hmm. and 
allowing ourselves to make some mistakes. Or and your you know, kids' grace. <laughs> yeah, right? And how much can our kids learn from hearing us apologize? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that is huge. Some yeah. people go through their entire lives just waiting for their parents to just apologize once. And so when we know that we've blown it, going back and saying, you know what, I'm so sorry, I was impatient this morning and or whatever, right. or this evening. Mm-hmm. I said I was so insensitive. Yeah. I was insensitive. I was being a jerk. I didn't care about you or your feelings or what was happening yeah. in that moment. Yeah, name it and claim it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong. Well, that that's good. I mean, that's, that's healthy. That's progress to be able to admit when we are wrong and make mistakes. And yeah, I think, as you said as well, Michelle, like cutting ourselves some slack, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that we're not perfect. You know, we're going to make those mistakes. And you know, that when we blow it at times, it doesn't mean that we're horrible or that we're failures at parenting. I think yeah. it means we're human. Yeah, and sometimes I think realizing where it's okay to fail. I have reset. So my older children are biological. My younger kids are adopted and have some trauma. And so I realize I can almost re-traumatize them because someone yeah. cannot find that one missing shoe. Yes. You know, that's what it tends to be at my house. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the only pair of shoes that will do that day, although they've got other pairs, we're missing a shoe. So to back up my own thought and think, you know what? If we are late to school today, which thank goodness we haven't been this year, but just my changing my mindset mm-hmm. has made our mornings healthier. If we're late for school, but my kids feel loved and connected when they get out of my car in the morning, it's a victory. Mm-hmm. So renaming the victory, like yep. it may not be perfection. It may not be getting everywhere on time or accomplishing everything we wanted to accomplish, do, perfect, but loving and connecting with our kids because when they're connected, they're healthier. Yeah, yeah and I think so often, we go back to those four parenting styles, mm-hmm. right? And our goal as followers of Jesus is to parent with 100% truth, mm-hmm. with 100% grace. And if you're a truth person, you're gonna have to say tr- grace first and then truth second. If you're a grace parent, you've gotta put truth first, then grace and say, hey, I'm gonna be Jesus. And think about all the times the disciples totally blew it and messed up. I, I go back to Peter. Um, there they are, Jesus. He was, Jesus is struggling. He's emotionally a wreck at the garden. He's about to go be handed over to be crucified. And Peter steps up and tries to cut somebody's head off, right? Yes. He's out on the water uh-huh. and he's walking and then he takes his eyes off of Jesus. But Jesus doesn't make him feel shame, remorse, feel like a terrible person he picks him up out of the water and says ah you had a little bit of faith that's all it takes mm-hmm. just keep going mm-hmm. and he loves him through every moment yeah. uh, of life and I, I think so often we forget the grace part yeah no, I'm, I'm there with you it makes sense so at times when I hit my limit um, and I think we all have them uh, sometimes I get it right a lot of times I get it wrong uh, but one of the things I try to do is knowing that I've hit my limit and uh, it just seems like our six-year-old right now is just, you know, if he's watching yeah, like kids' YouTube or something and things that he likes to watch and it's all appropriate stuff, but they just like to yell, you know, like they just to get all their followers, whatever, just seems like they got, oh my gosh, you know, kind of stuff and yell. And when I hit my limit, like I, I know this about myself, like I like quiet so I can think and just breathe and kind of that stress kind of eases. So I will have him go into our family room. We've got like French doors that are all glass and, you know, window in there to see him, make sure he's, you know, still safe or everything. But I shut the door, shut those doors, and it just enables him to kind of do the stuff that he needs to. And again, we limit his uh, 
electronics and stuff. So you know, we don't want the iPad or YouTube babysitting or raising our kid, our children. Um, but at least for in that, that moment, it's just I kind of get the quiet that I need, and it helps me kind of calm down. The stress eases, so that way, you know, if he is being a child and says something, and I'm at my limit, and I take it out on him. Yeah. You know, and so I found that that for me is a way to just to help in the moment, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, I heard something really interesting this morning. Uh, I've tried finding the news article on this, but I was I was told that the Taze Valley TCBY has actually closed down for a period of time. You heard about this? Yeah, just yeah. today. And they closed down because of the rudeness of the customers coming in. It was like four or five days they shut the complete wow. operation down. Mm. And I just think so many of us have hit our limits. Um, if you have young kids, uh, just like Matt said, the TV shows are so energized, so over the top. There's music, there's sound effects, the people are yelling and screaming mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. keep the attention of our young yes. kids yes. it pushes us to the to the max right yes yeah. oh yeah for sure it does it does and you said you like to have your child go in the other room and shut the door some people getting out in nature mm -hmm. seeing some sunshine mm -hmm. yes. just being outside or getting some exercise even if it's walking up and down the stairs a couple times different ways different people handle stress but knowing what your healthiest coping mechanisms are is a great thing and also if if there are times in your family when it's stressful, pillow fights are a great thing that bring it to fun. And I'm being serious. Like, yes. I'm being serious. Like, yep. my one son, he's... The gentle mom. Yeah, yeah, right? He's 13. And we weren't, you know, I'm not saying when you're arguing with each other, but he was having a stressful time, and I knew he was just really stressed out. And I walked in his room and tossed him one of the king-size pillows off our bed, and I had another one, and I was like, bring it. And he goes... For real? Like, yes. And then later he said, that was so fun. So we've been having da almost daily pillow fights. Daily pillow but fights. what is it that relieves stress? Because those mm -hmm. large muscle movements and like weapons, somebody mm -hmm. with a pillow, we always do no head shots. You know, we try to be. But um, what other things can you do with your kids that are high energy, fun? They mm -hmm. they kind of, you know, connect you. And yet it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. a bit kind of a, reduces the stress there, yeah. but it's kind of fun. That makes me think of getting some pool noodles. Yeah. Cutting them down just a little bit and kind of creating them into lightsabers or Jedi Knight, you know, lightsabers and stuff. We are Star Wars having, fan here. Exactly. Yeah, great idea. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So uh, in the future episodes as well, we're going to be talking about anxiety in the lives of parents and kind of help our help, how to help our kids when they are anxious as well. And I think that's such a relevant topic um, that a lot of us, I mean, I know I'm included in this, that we just need help with. I mean, I know I do. Yes, anxiety is at an all-time high in our culture. You know, a lot of it, I think, has to do with COVID, but I think a lot of it was building even pre-COVID, and then we added that on top of it. As Steve mentioned earlier, just the stress of social media with kids. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to miss out. They know they're better off when they're off of it, but then they're afraid they're missing it, and just so many different things. Is school happening today, isn't it? Um, caused a lot of stress throughout that time. And so just being aware of healthy ways to help our kids, I think that'll be a great episode so but thank you steve for being with us today my pleasure thank you for having me it yeah man it's a great conversation we appreciate you so much yeah and you can get more on online at biblecenterchurch.com if you'd like to hear more episodes or connect with bible center church and so finally we'd like to ask you to please leave your honest five-star review <laughs> because when you do leave them it helps us make a greater impact with the gospel and they really do help so again, thanks for hanging out with us. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone.